Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today's guest is a Baltimore-based mixed media artist who aims to create illustrative and site-specific mixed media paintings that embody a unique strength expounded by the oppressed. Please welcome McKinley Wallace III. Oh, greetings. Greetings and salutations. (laughs) (laughs) So... I gave the cut and paste kind of <laughs> breakdown of what you do, but could you, for the five folks who are uninitiated, um, describe what your work is and who or what may be your, your greatest influence? All right. So I would say my work is, like you said, strength expounded by the oppressed. Um, it is telling stories of, of black people um, in position of, of power, um, in positions of, of struggle and tension um, to show resilience. Um, I think I, my work is definitely based on like a hybrid between abstraction and realism and also like collage. So I think about using imagery from the past to have a be like, it be like a through line into the present and and future and where we're going. Um, so you can see those patterns and see yourself in the work. Definitely people who, you know, look like me. Um, and those that can see more humanity in, in these individuals depicted. Um, and the way I do that, the way I do it now is in a more timeless quality. If for a while, um, maybe four years ago, I was making um, site-specific work. So working around Baltimore City um, as an educator mm-hmm. and as a community artist, place is very important to me. So not only race, it also is, is place and culture. Um, so I would do these very hyper-realistic spaces where I would want to just get every single detail to honor the space. Um, yeah. Definitely uh, uh, an homage or just a love for the space that I frequent for a long time. Um, and then there was a point where I was thinking it is very much Baltimore, but I feel like I want to, yeah, definitely have this more timeless quality. That was definitely about moment and, and definitely about the time, a specific time in your life um, yeah. for me to reflect on that work. Um, but I also wanted to be like, you can't really tell where it is. And that yeah. is the part where you feel like no matter where, where age you are, where you are in any city, any part of the world, you can understand the difference between feeling that you're a part of something that you're belonging versus feeling like you're not. Uh, And there's something that's uh, this system or something that you're framed around is not there for you, not there to support you. Sure. So that's how I really got into creating um, an abstract sort of realistic space where I have individuals that are, that are stuck in or escaping from these different spaces or they're walking towards a space or they're still stuck in a space. Um, there would be a, there's a black space that's mm-hmm. kind of framing my paintings. And then there is a kind of a smaller space that's in, towards the center framed. Um, the white space represents systematic oppression, white supremacy, any sort of like uh, a, a oppressive power that I feel like is attached to whiteness. Mm-hmm. The black space is really any sort of embrace from black culture, black pride, black love, black, black joy, um, black resilience, you know, black magic, you know, um, black boy, black girl, whatever you <laughs> say. Um, 
where the, the individuals that are either trapped in this white space, I'm having these stories of where they're there and they're still having this sort of position of, of, um, feeling, feeling like they are, they know who they are, but there's, there's this almost bit of isolation that is around them, around them. They have this sort of confidence, but is this, this unease, um, because of that isolation or there might, you just see that there's like a darker figure in shadow or this black individual. And then it's such a stark space where you feel like there's nothing, there's nothing there that has any color. (laughs) Then you have, uh, uh, some of them that have stepped out of this space and you see that maybe their posture has changed when I am like looking through through imagery, this imagery that's speaking to me. Um, and I would place them outside of that white space and is either a way to talk about like this, this passing or escape from having to think about race and, you know, who you are all the time, you know, race is such a, is a concept that stops you from, from doing, doing what you need to do. I mean, that's, I'm blanking on the quote. I'm definitely going to try to find it, but I don't want to take the quote, but it is a quote that I heard that, um, it stops you from racism stops you from doing your work. Yeah. You constantly keep telling people and why you matter and why you should exist. So I think, what does it feel like when there isn't on a oppressive space anymore? You don't have to think about yourself that way anymore. Yeah. You, you. Um, so every time I have an individual that's stepping out of this white space, there is like a shift around something that's, feeling like it's, 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 it's visually, um, the skin color and the way I kind of make the, the, the almost silhouette of them darker. They almost feel like they blend into this space where now they feel like they're part of this larger sort of, um, community of black, even though it's all just flat and it's an abstract background, but you feel like they're almost becoming connected or blending in with in comparison to that space when they were just like, really (laughs) tall. Yeah. Um, so I, I like playing it out visually and I feel like it can lead to a lot more conversation when there's less information, um, which can be surprisingly, surprisingly simple or, uh, or um, it can not surprisingly simple, but um, it can be misleading for people to think that there's not a lot there, mm-hmm. um, but it really is if you spend some time with it. Yeah. I, I think that's one of those testaments of, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. Like some people don't even like title their work. It's like, I'm going to let you figure out what this is and take from it what you will. It's like, oh, that's an interesting way of like kind of embracing that and absorbing that or what have you. But if a person, because some people can do the opposite. It's like, oh, I'm just coming out and like, this is exactly what this is. It's like, cool. But then there's perhaps not as much discourse, not as much conversation. And you, you don't really gain anything, I don't think, or you'll gain as much as you could if you didn't take that approach. Yeah. And, and thinking of, of um, thinking of inspiration as an educator, what gives me my ideas are the conversations. And I think by having these more open sort of format images, sure. there's a lot of, I can be a specific as I want. If I know what the spaces mean to me and I know the individuals I want to like navigate in and out of these spaces, there's like, 
this space and there's that space. There's one or two. They 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 find some way in between or transitioning to one to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I have different people that look at the work and think different things, and it speaks volumes based yeah. on age with my students. Um, they can think the they can try to see themselves in the individual. And sometimes it speaks volume, um, to, to get on a more serious note, like the, the way we see ourselves, like my mindset on this was definitely about embracing power and, and struggle. And then a younger student or that I might have might look at it and just say like, he's, he's seeking power, but he's upset that he doesn't have it. Um, or he's, he wishes he was, he was another person. Um, so it's, it's always just interesting to see like the type of person I'm talking to and just see how they kind of see a completely different way. And I yeah. think it, it, it's awesome when I can be very specific about a particular place and add all that detail. Um, but it seems like the conversation has been a lot more rich when there is just more breathing room and possibility where you feel your like you were saying, yeah. you, you fill in the blanks. You, if it's just like a white, space that this person is surrounded by. I mean, your eyes based on culture, we can't help but fill in the blanks and try to create a space from our own experiences. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's very like, as you were describing it, it made me think of, I, I, I have a habit. Sometimes I may take a different medium and kind of use that to maybe better understand where someone is coming from, right? Where they're describing their work. They're very dipped and very into what they're doing and what they're seeing may be. You, you have to be, it's like, I'm a podcast nerd because I'm around it all the time. Right. So when I, I think of pop culture and I think of uh, what Sam Esmel from uh, Mr. Robot was saying in this interview, and he's like, why does everybody need to know everything? He's like, why do you need to know what I need to spoon feed it like to you? And he's like, just absorb it and take it from, take from it what you will. And I've kind of been riding that wave because there is a, at least I think this, this transition of people are feeling like, well, I need you to tell me what it is. Cause I don't want to be wrong. And then you, you distrust what you're seeing. So uh, I'll put it in a different way. Um, I, I did a, a chocolate and coffee tasting this past weekend. Chocolate and coffee. Yeah. Cause I'm bougie. And, uh, <laughs> and I, um, some imported chocolate or what have you. And you kind of, they made a point to, I was at sophomore actually, was, uh, the point was made to not look at what the bags say on there as to these are the flavor profiles. This is what the person who tasted it is kind of picking up off of it. Your experience, your, your taste, your palate is going to be different from what you've experienced. So they made a habit of let's turn these bags around, taste it. What are you tasting? And people were like, I'm not sure if I'm tasting. No, 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 no. What are you tasting? And that's just kind of one of the things I took from it. Like we're so used to someone just kind of giving us an inkling of what is being presented to us and that we second guess what we're even absorbing and think that we actually got something out of it. You're regurgitating, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like such a, it's a strong like visual philosophy or like a process behind seeing versus looking versus seeing. Yeah. And I can say, look at this and then be like, oh yeah, that's a chair. But then if you're really like seeing the chair, definitely as a person that's learning how to draw, try to pretend as if you've never seen a chair before. Yeah. Um, we, we, we already assume we know everything about it. You know, there's like a, a way to, to draw, to taste, to, to smell um, what's good versus bad versus foreign versus what's familiar, what's family, what's not family, what's not yeah. our, what's not our lifestyle. Um, 
and that, yeah, that definitely can limit our, our experience. I mean, future experiences, yeah. it can. Um, and then, and then no, that's definitely part of, you know, our, um, we do that for a reason to understand, like, if we think of our, our basic needs of, 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 of comfort and to avoid danger, I mean, we need some of those things to know what's like, what do we yeah. like, what we don't like. That might be a snake, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but there are definitely like moments where we, we can just like miss out on, on just really looking and taking things in or taking in those new possibilities that can be like, life-changing experiences that we can put in our register, our bank yeah. and then we'll have another experience. And then we have to kind of just adjust what we think we know. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like how you described just kind of uh, earlier as a, it's a, it's a richer experience. Like that's, that's the thing. Like sometimes I, I get like frustrated when it's like, people don't get it, man. And I, and I do that. And it's like, that's not right. It's like, they get it in a, in a different way. And I, I think like, I think if you come from a spot where everything is valid, that's a good spot to really come from and then come to maybe one of the things um, one of my friends would say in uh, an approved upon reality or a way of processing this. Um, So you're an educator as well. Speak on the importance of um, educating education, rather, as a uh, creative person. You're on a, on the other side of it now, of kind of doing both. You know, you're creating and educating. That rhymed unintentional. Um, <laughs> but speak on the importance of um, education for your your creative process. You being a creator, um, I think it's it's a constant. It, it's I see it as a as a game, like in a in the most in the most it's like lighthearted, but also serious. Like it depends on the day. It depends on the conversation. Um, but a game's still the same cause games can be serious, but I feel like it's just like, I fail. I try again. I work on it. I learn how to communicate something better. I'm mm-hmm. communicating to someone else, like meeting somewhere where they're at, trying to communicate, making a mistake again, trying. So it's, it's, it's like definitely this, training period of like, let me try something. Let me pray at this. Let me train. Let yeah. me work again, hit it again. No, nope. didn't hit the mark. I'm a little rusty. Let me work on that muscle again. Yeah. Let me, I mean that I, I think of the, the term like exercise your brain as much as possible. So, um, I'm teaching at Benjamin Franklin high school and yeah. in South Baltimore. And I think, the class is mandatory for all the students. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of students are like, I don't want to be here. Oh my gosh. But, um, there's nothing like when you finally, there's a click, you know, and trying to get them to embrace failure. I mean, it's such a stigma around failure. Um, you're being in, in education, you're meant to learn. You're not meant to just continue feeling comfortable where you're at. Um, so I like that in education, at least in where there's art class or any sort of, you know, extra learning, you're trying to learn some new perspectives that you might not have thought of, or that is out of your comfort zone. Um, it's, it's set, it's set up for you to, to make, to make a mistake and then learn from it to adjust. And I, and I think I, I enjoy that in education, I can put myself out there. I mean, every day is like, 
It could, it, I could, it could be a disaster <laughs> or some days it can be amazing. Like I, I, I can spend hours on trying to get like a presentation just right. And it bombs. And then sometimes I, it just comes out and it's like, great. And I thought maybe I should, should have spent more time on it, but the time of the day, the way the students were, mm-hmm it just kind of worked. And then I was like, wow, you know, you never know what you're going to get when, when you educate. And it's always just an opportunity for you to practice how you communicate definitely as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And how do you communicate something? If the mastery of something I really do believe is how can you break it down to its like essence, like to its basic, basic thing without simplifying it without the, the, I guess, negative form of simplification, just like, Oh, it's, it is watered down, which is not, yeah. it's not interesting anymore. Um, it's not, you're not getting anything from it anymore. Not that, but I mean, just like getting to a meet where you don't have all that fluff, you can just teach it to any, any age. You can still have those sort of understandings. So I, I like them. My work, definitely yeah. the work I'm doing now that, a lot of my stuff was definitely more charged, but this one is a lot more subtle um, where I can really show it to any age group. And I feel like I can still talk about the same things when we really talk about, when we talk about any sort of social justice issue. Mm-hmm. It is a based on belonging and I feel yeah. like, or not, you know, and that's something that every student, any age, any person can understand. And then we can build on that. See, I, I think it's because I think it's because I'm old that uh, <laughs> because I, I'm seeing like because I, I, I have a I have, as I mentioned before, I able to understand what you're saying and be able to put it in terms that may be applicable in a different way. Like w- when you were talking about um, like kind of being more comfortable with failing because it's, it's an opportunity to learn. Right. So we are afraid of that so much. Oh, we just yeah. won't do things. And. I love baseball. I, I love like stand-up comedy, right? So baseball, for instance, you're considered a good batter if you fail seven out of 10 times. You're a failure more often than not, but you're batting over 300. And it's like, you're going to strike out a lot. You're going to fail a lot at this, but you're still considered good with failing more than half of the time. So it's like, it'll humble you ultimately. Or you, you mentioned, uh, this is going to bomb. That's a term that they use in stand-up comedy all the time of, I'm going to go there to these these different um, venues and try out this new material, try out these new jokes to see how the audience is receiving it. And you have to go up there. You're really just, you got to get rid of the ego, put it in. Oh yeah. Put it behind you. It's definitely a performance. It's, it's a, it's a risk. And I think the way that you described it as a game that, that relates to when you're learning something new. So like I, I work in data, I'm a data analyst um, in, in a college and in working in it, it's just like, it can be boring. It could be just pressing buttons, ah, you know, where it keeps me interested because I'm going to fail at something. It gives me the opportunity to learn something. I was like, I'm not going to let this beat me. I have, I'm going to figure out a different way to do this. And I think that that's ultimately growth. That's ultimately the thing that keeps you there. And I, I think it can be applied to various things. And, but I think that key thing is, you know, when someone is like, doing something creatively. And, and I think it was very, very interesting how you describe, like, um, like, can you 
maybe do something that's not as charged to make it more applicable for various audiences, right? And having that crossover appeal kind of kind of view. I look at again, maybe someone that is, you know, using the comedian term, right? Uh, they work blue or they work something that's a little more charged, a little bit more out there. Can you still get across your point, quote unquote, are you still funny? Are you still interesting without using four letter words and still get it across? That's that true testament. Uh, are you mastering your thing? Are you really growing in it? Are you taking in that feedback? And I think that's the way when you're in, you're in the matrix, that's when you're, you're kind of learning these things. That's, that's, at least that's my, my take. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like any, anything it's yeah. The, the game, the game, it's what I try to think of it as, as much as I can. Serious yeah. game. Sure. Funny, lighthearted game, but knowing that it's games are interesting when you make mistakes. Yes. If you, if it's too easy. Then I, I put the game on easy every time. I'm not playing oh, all no, Madden no, no, level. I I'm just, I'm, I'm get it. I get it. <laughs> I play many a games, and when I was doing it, and through controllers, like I, <laughs> I like to be like, yeah, rage quit. Turn off the, turn it off, even if it might mess up the console. Like oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> um. So, but like, if you can think of it as a game no matter if it's super serious or not, it gives you as the educator or the, or the performer, because the teaching is a performance to an extent mm -hmm. that like, it's okay. Yeah. There's always another chance. If you bomb and it was even a serious topic, you know that like you have to reset. You have to, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm getting, kind of, <laughs> I don't know, not punny, but whatever but you have to kind of be okay with, all right, tomorrow's a new day. I'm 100%. I'm ready to go. We enjoy puns in this podcast though. Just so you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I enjoy the puns too. So I'm, I'm constantly told by like my um, cohort when I was getting my master's in teaching that I'm like, I do a lot of dad jokes and they called me dad for a while. My partner, Olivia, um, my girlfriend, she calls, she says, I need the cool of the dad jokes. So I'm, I'm all about, all about the puns, all puns life for sure. I get wave daddy or big pun. Cause I'm like kind of tall or what have you. And it's like, oh yeah, everything is a pun with you. I was like, look, sometimes I can't turn it off. I'm you can't. You, it's a, too good. You, if it just, it just sits right in. I was on I mean, a, we playing, I was, um, trying to think it was Bush gardens or six flags or somewhere. And we were on a ride. There was like a car. Um, it was shaped like a car and, yeah. and, uh, my friend who also is mad with the puns, he just said, or dad jokes, he said, Hey y'all, we were both with our girlfriends. He was like, Hey y'all, well, where's the keys? You <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, just look like side eye. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I knew it was a heavy side eye behind us. Cause they were sitting behind us. So I was like, I don't care. That was great. I, I gotta, I, this is a, this is a game. You know, life could be if you see life as a game, serious or not. Like, yeah. you know, it's fun. It's, it's 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 fun to learn and to learn from mistakes, even if it's like pretty major. But you have to know that there is another chance. Try your best to think of it that way. So, so in that, let's let's think about it like with this this next question, and, and it maybe kind of relates in that same space when when you're working through a problem within your work. Is there someone that you talk to? Like, what's that feedback loop like, or what's that input loop like? Um, I tend for, with this, like, um, doing this for more than a decade, and 
I, I have some people that I'm like, all right, do I respect this person? Do I think they have an idea of what I'm doing? Because some people, they just say, oh, well, you're doing this, right? It's like, you've never listened at all. Uh, and other people are just like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, just just say more of this, have more of these people. And so how do you maybe qualify? How do you vet the people that are giving you feedback or what does that look like? And how does that usually go for you? Speak on that a bit. It's really changed. Um <laughs> Growing up, I was fortunate to go to like art schools that focused heavily on the performing arts and visual arts and just because of location and timing and stuff. So um, being in that sort of bubble of like just uh, elite jargon and stuff, you kind of start talking a certain way and you kind of realize, oh, they don't understand. And you kind of just start saying, well, this is my thing. So, of course, maybe my teachers know my peers at the school know but it wasn't if i showed my work to anyone outside of that bubble and they'd be like i guess i would be even before i heard them say anything i might just kind of say well you know they're probably just gonna say you know it's cute it's whatever mm. but it's a lot of the time it's because i just haven't asked the right, right questions or i haven't like framed it in a way that allows someone who might not have been in that bubble to like access the work to give me something that I find useful or yeah. that, 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 that they're, I'm helping them help me, you know, if they're there to help me. I have to give them an access point. Yeah. Um, so there was a point before I started doing those hyper real sort of, or spaces, I was doing like abstract work. And that was like really the tail end of, of getting my BFA. And I just remember it was one of my, I don't know. I, I, I didn't do a lot of like community art sort of exhibitions at the time. It was definitely like a handful at that moment. And I just remember having my work up. It's kind of like in a coffee shop, like mixed uh, multi-purposes, purpose like space. Yeah. And like two elderly women just came in, two black women just came in, looked at the work and just said, I don't get it. And there was something about that. Perhaps I was seeing it as a game um a serious one because i was like wait what do you mean you don't get it uh, Pour your coffee out I'm like what? yeah i was like wait i was like wait 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 wait, wait. let me let me work on this communication tool because i wasn't really giving them a, an access point i was really speaking in this sort of jargon that they couldn't still understand it just the position um the 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 framing of this color with the, it was just the 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 words just meant nothing to them to the to that person's reality um, so at that point for me as an educator and a person that likes to communicate, and I was like working as a docent for a little bit at the time at the Walters. So I was like, how can I not communicate this? Well, yeah. it's my work. I talk about other people's work all the time. I can't talk about my own. Right. Um, so it shifted my work into being more, um, accessible visually more like illustrative yeah. and allow people to, to get into it. But the content message didn't change, but it was just something that was related to their lives. So I think now when it comes to getting feedback, mm -hmm. I'm open to many pers perspectives. I mean, I, of course there are definitely, there's definitely levels to it. I feel like the people that I ask the most are artists at all. That's my, 
it's my um, partner, Olivia and my mom. <laughs> like that would be like, if, if, if I, I can sometimes be very like, what do you mean? This is what I really want to do. <laughs> like, no, that's trash. Like not trash. I wouldn't say that to any of them, but I'll be like, I would, that's when my emotions would really come out of them. Like me, like raw, like I, that's when I open myself up yeah. like raw. And then I'm like, then I feel like I've, I feel like I'm in a space to really just push up against what they're saying. Yeah. And there's another tier where it's, there's, I ask other, you know, other artists that I'm good friends with, but there's definitely levels to it where like, I hear what they're saying and I, I listen and I'm just kind of thinking, all right, that's, that's good. I'm hearing what you're saying. I mean, take that in as a lot of listening and active listening and asking lots of questions that way. Um, and then it just keeps getting further and further towards, um, is this another sort of comment that I can just put in my Rolodex of just like, this might not be a good direction to go in if this is the audience I'm trying to reach. Um, right. That's really when it's a larger community and it's just like, who is my targeted audience? Um, I'm curious about what people might say outside of my targeted audience. I can just get a full perspective, no matter where my art might be. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, I'm always listening mm -hmm. to everyone, but yeah, when it gets closer to, you know, people that I've long, known for a while, my mother, my, my girlfriend, I think it becomes definitely like a sacred thing where my work can drastically change on dime yeah. if they're not digging it because i want to i want to make them proud so is, is would you say that that is a kind of the similar approach when coming to a big decision like all right you know have this opportunity that's presenting itself or uh with a gallery for sake of argument like how, how how does that work with maybe making a decision and how do you decide like what's the quote-unquote right thing is it based on the information you have at the time is it based on how you think it may work out for you in the future is it an opportunity what what is the thoughts that go into like making a big you know important decision um i think there's I don't know when exactly it happened. I think towards the little bit before the beginning of the pandemic, um, there were a lot of opportunities for me to like show my work in multiple places at once. Um, more opportunity for, for these organizations to be like, we need to just support artists and just reach out more and provide yeah. more opportunity, more funding. Um, so I started to get, like uh, there was a point bef before that period where I was just constantly just like applying to everything and whatever would bite, I would just say yes to it. But then there became a point where I don't know, like a little bit before the pandemic where people are reaching out to me more mm -hmm. and I'm reaching out, which I still do at a pretty high frequency, but where I can just start saying no to things. And I think I, I get more, I'm more mindful of, yeah, my target audience or who I want to see, like mm -hmm. who is, interested in social justice issues who really can kind of, even if they have a different perspective about my work, yeah. they can still, they spend time with it and don't just say like, Oh, it's beautiful, which I, I don't think any curator worth, you know, worth any gold would probably just say it's just beautiful, but you can tell that they're just hitting the surface. And then yeah. sometimes when they just ask the questions, like, why did you, you know, why did you choose this image? Why did you choose this time period? 
Mm-hmm. Um, why did you think of using this particular color or have you thought about what kind of space you could create around it, spacing between objects to create. And so it's like when they start thinking about my work as a collective and thinking yeah. about the message that goes throughout all of them and what order, and I can just see they're starting to like visualize my philosophy in their spaces. And, and there's like this synergy between our two thoughts where it's like, it just feels like, um, I'm helping them move forward and challenging themselves and where they would like to take their, their work to the next level. And I feel like I can also gain something out of it too. Okay. I'm the only person gaining something out of it. Um, I mean, that's, that's nice, but I think that's the educator in me when I feel like I, I can sense that the other person is also challenging themselves as too. I mean, like, of course, if there's like a high, like a great institution and yeah. I mean, me without me, they're fine. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that wagon any moment, anytime, any day for sure. But yeah. when there's definitely this investment and in like, we're trying this new idea new concept we're not sure if it's going to work it's, it's, it's something we're thinking out and we want to see if you would be a part of it i'm always down for those sort of opportunities because i feel like it's a game i have this sort of control to try something out it might not work out but i can say that i put myself out there um art that i do is constantly putting myself out there to talk of, talk to someone who doesn't look like me doesn't come from my background don't know where their views are on the spectrum from, you know, conservative to liberal, but they ask me about my work. You don't know where, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know where they are on that line because it's not explicit in your face. Um, so it's, it's just interesting because of the openness of my work. I can tell like what random people who are interested in purchasing some of my work are, are interested in those that want to show my work are interested in based on how they respond to it and what I'm doing. And if I see that they're going in a direction that's just like not my message, um, speak kindly and say, I'm not, not really into it or, or, uh, maybe there's a future opportunity that's later, later, but maybe not now. Um, but I think it, yeah, it's really, if we can both learn together, that's, that's important opportunities for them to listen and for me to listen to them. There's definitely a more mutual exchange. That's important. Um, it's, you know, like there are always, it's, it's kind of sometimes this here, here's, I, I guess when it rains, it pours in some regards, it's like, Oh, huh. I guess I manifested this. Now all these different opportunities come in and you, you, like, I'm kind of facing that right now. There are different programming opportunities. Oh, we want you to be a host of this. We want you to be the host of that and this and so on. I'm appreciative of the opportunities, but I have to start thinking like, okay, how's my time being spent? Am I doing things that I enjoy? Are they, and how do I cancel folk out? Like, how are they aligned with what I'm trying to do and things like that? So I would imagine that when opportunity comes that it's so much more juice and attention around what one is doing, you're like, hell yeah. How do I filter these though? And, and that's, that, I think that's like a decision that we, we all have to kind of come to. And right. it, it makes you, cause like I look at the beginning of the, doing this podcast, I wasn't like some of the guests that I've had on early on. And I pride myself on being able to have a conversation or to be, I'm gonna gas myself up a little bit to get a good interview out of anybody. Right. And early on, it was some people I'm like, you have nothing. You've got no charisma. And 
and I, and I, and I may have sucked too, but what I'm getting at is it is kind of like I'm a little bit more choosy and being able to say no to people. It's like, yeah, I don't, you may have a lot of followers. You may have a lot of cloud. I don't know if I need to interview you. I think you're all set. It, right. Are you interested in what I'm doing with my messages and what I'm aiming to do? Because that's ultimately the reason why you're doing it. And that's what you always go back to. So going to what you were saying, like if they're not speaking to the same audience or there's not something that can be gained from an enrichment level, then sure. But also I, I have other things to do. Um, so here's the last question I have before I give you the opportunity to plug, plug, plug away, shameless plugs for you. Uh, tell me about Baltimore and how it's influenced you as an artist. Give me that. Give me that rundown. I'll be remiss if I don't on this Baltimore oriented podcast talk about Baltimore a little bit. Now it's influenced me. Yeah. Well, yeah, my work is, I mean, I've been in Baltimore for a decade. So I came in 2011 from from Florida, Florida, for school. Yeah. And, and I've been in Baltimore ever since. So when I graduated 2015, um, it was definitely me just trying to find a job. There was always something, something to do. I mean, you, uh, I'm trying to think something you mentioned a little bit earlier, but you know, job is a, you know, job is a job. And I did a lot of random jobs. Um, but it was something for me to do at the time. And I, I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the, just the nightlife. It just was nice for me to still be here. I didn't have a reason to leave. Um, and I just got more and more connected with just the strong sort of grassroots organ organizing that is just like quintessential to, to Baltimore's resilience, um, in, in, in many facets, definitely when after death of Freddie Gray, there's a lot, there's like a huge boom of a lot of creativity, um, to, to, to connect with others, whether it's, you're talking about the, the boom in murals, more opportunities for artists to share their work, more yeah. artists, artists talk or, or, um, book signings, wherever these conversations and different hubs that I feel like were very much rooted in social justice issues and to have honest conversations, um, in 2015, my work did shift from just basic portraiture to talking about black experience. Um, and I think like if I wasn't here during that, that troubling time, who knows where I was, would have been because I was either getting bored with, with what I was doing. I didn't know really how to talk about it. I just said, you know, the people I care about and I painted them. No, I didn't think about the questions like why these people, um, yeah. by this age group, who are you trying to reach with this sort of painting is, is, are you just trying to do it just to, you know, sell it, or is it something that's actually feeding you and you're learning something from it? And I think by being in conversations of Baltimore city, it being like, uh, uh, race, race and culture being such a strong topic and for it to be something that's constantly challenged is seen as the underdog from, you know, the outside in, I think it's just a great opportunity to, with the, with affordable living and the people that, that are living here, a strong artist community that I can have, there's enough flexibility for me to fully invest in something and feel like I am not 
putting all of my eggs in one basket where I feel like, okay, I did something and I can move on and learn from it and move on to something else. And, but at, at the same time, I can, I can build relationships. I'm not a person that really burns, <laughs> tries not to burn bridges. I mean, it's like, I can try different things. People are making a, coming up with different concepts, ways to have these gatherings around some sort of collective understanding of whatever topic. I can put myself in it, invest as much as I need to. And then someone there, small, small Baltimore, I can find that opportunity in another space and meet new people. And just like, I feel like I know a lot of people in different areas and I like that I can reach to them. I reach them at any time based on where I'm living. Like I have an easy time navigating to any part of, of Baltimore and it being so diverse racially, culturally, um, idea oriented ways too, yeah. um, to just feed me and to make sure that I can, I can make sure that my work is relevant. Um, I'm not sucked in by just the, the, the space being too large where I'm not really seen as, um, I'm seeing as an, uh, as a number that seems like too, too academic, but just where I feel like if, if I step into any space, I feel like I, I'm, I'm actually seen as now this, the, the, this, this community is small enough where, um, even though I'm, I'm in a room full of strangers, I feel like I am still seen and respected and, and put in a position where I can actually make change. Um, I can actually challenge, I can challenge people with my work and they can remember what I said and what I did. And I can see them in other places too. We can build on things together. Not saying that's not like in other cities. Um, but for me, whether it's as an, as an educator, as an artist, um, I also do have done theater. I feel like there's, I just see people in different spaces and they see me in different lights. I see them in different lights and we're not too far apart. That's that's great. It's, it's that, um, I've heard about the, um, accessibility thing being really big and it's like, you know, there's so much opportunity that you can do really well, have really interesting, um, relationships with folk here within the community, um, or communities rather, and just do really well. And there's a certain stamp of like credibility here too, because everyone is doing so much. It's like really, concentrated city of like people doing good stuff and it's accessible in a way that to your point people were like oh i know you i recognize you yeah you're doing all types of good stuff may not know your name but know you knows your work like know you senior work yeah, yeah like you know when i encounter people just out there and like and like i said i've been doing it for more than a decade and this like last um a couple of years really concentrating like the last six months, we're all wearing masks. And like, yo, you're the, you're the truth and art guy. I was like, Oh, you're a great podcast, man. I was like, okay, you're on a scooter. Can you pay attention to what you're doing? <laughs> you know? So, but well, it's, it's, it's really cool. And it's, um, it's a familiarity with people here too, that once you're in, you're in, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. When you're, when you're in, you're, you're in and people are attracted to, in, in this space, like if you have a good idea, there are resources to execute. Um, there's a, there's, there are this, if like in this, in this city, not saying that other cities aren't like this, but just based on my experience that, that allows me, that w makes me want to stay is that the resources are there and everyone is looking for the next good idea yeah. and we'll follow through with it. 
Yes. It's not like just a check. We did it. Um, some spaces there are, I'm not saying all of Baltimore is perfect. True. <laughs> um, depending on who has the money and the power to provide those funds and those resources. Um, but there's enough where you can find a good amount of things that you, you know, where you can fit in, you, you can get in, you know, where you want to fit. Yeah. Um, and thank you. Uh, so that's all the questions that I have. Um, I'd like to give you the opportunity, but I'm going to, yeah, I'd like to give you the opportunity to, um, to shamelessly plug your website, uh, your socials, anything that, you know, you really want to put out there for people to check out some of your work, um, and to check out what you're, what you're doing, like progress on things. Um, and thank you so much. Oh yeah. So, um, right now I'm trying to balance my like work life balance to be perfectly honest. So, I mean, teacher, teacher mode has only been a month and I'm just like, it's been years. What do you mean? <laughs> like it's teaching in Baltimore city is definitely like a, a thing. So yeah, I just graduated. Um, I'm a teacher in, in Baltimore city public schools at Benjamin Franklin high school. So if anyone is interested in collaborating, I'd love to work with you. Um, my website where I have a lot of my studio work, my, my studio life, my, what I'm, what I'm doing. And I'm starting to plug in community art in there too. The website is www.mckinleywallace3eyes.com. So my full name.com. Um, you can just Google my name, McKinley Wallace, and it should pop up pretty easily. Um, my Instagram is McKinley underscore three small eyes. So it's my name is unique enough that it's also pretty easy to find. So yeah. love to, you know, send me a message. I love to, to have a conversation, um, even just talk about my work even further, particular works that are of interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm still out, still about, like I said, trying to find my work life balance, but, um, as an artist, I feel like it's very important that I teach my students that I am, I'm also a professional artist still working and doing my thing. Um, and I would, I would, you know, yeah, I would, I would do myself a disservice not to like, make sure that I'm, I'm staying with it and doing my thing. So this week hit me hard. I mean, this month, <laughs> it got me, but it gave me more swing, but I'm, I'm, I'm out there and I'm looking forward to future opportunities. Um, so yeah, check me out on, on Instagram and, uh, see what I, I post on my website now. Yeah. yeah. Look forward to, to talking to whoever's out there in the <laughs> world, listening to this. Let's chat. So there you have it, folks. Um, I'm going to say a, a good game over to you since we've said game so many times during this podcast. <laughs> and um, I want to thank you again, uh, McKinley, for coming on to this podcast. This has been a lot of fun. And um, I'll do my sign off. So for McKinley Wallace third, I am Rob Lee saying today's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Oh,